This is Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is episode number 49, which is going to be part one of a series where we discuss the most critical mitzvot that are applicable to the modern day Hebrew who is in exile. We are going to discuss all the things that you need to know that are going to be able to make you successful in observing the Most High's mitzvot as they are applicable to us today. So sit back and relax. You know what we do. I don't even have to say it anymore. You know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. You know, we've been talking about something that's very important to Hebrews in Exile. Sure. Mm -hmm. And if you have spent the majority of your life in Christianity, there are things that you do not know that are significant to the Hebraic way. And that happens to be what we talked about in our last podcast, the mitzvot. Absolutely. What are the mitzvot? What are they? They, they? they are the commandments. They are the, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, they are the precepts, the rulings, the the governing uh, guidelines for the nation of Israel. They're the to statutes. A, it's, 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 think of it as um, the United States where we live or in the UK or Canada, wherever you are, where you are, Hebrews have been dispersed. Um, that country that you live in has a set of guidelines and laws and statutes and you abide by those. This is the same thing. For because we are an established nation of people. Yes, we are, and and we need to have those. And yeah, the Most High has provided us. Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. His. Yes, we do. Yes. So we need all that. So we've been talking about. We've been talking about these. Um, I had a conversation with a lady who called me, and she wanted to profess to me that Jesus taught the disciples the mitzvot's. And and he he taught them the festivals and the Moedines. And my question to that was, well, if he taught them, how come the Christians don't know them? It's true. That's true. If they were so important and there was a teaching, then I, literally no one does them in Christianity. How, how how if he taught them, how could you be so confused? How could you confuse Easter? with Passover, Pesach. Right. Because it's specific, specifically written, you know, and we're going to talk about it today mm -hmm. in Vayikra chapter number 23. Mm -hmm. So, you don't know them. Right. They've been shrouded by, um, and I hate to go this route this early, but commercialism of nowadays and the fact that there's... As we came up, it was all about the act of the resurrection for right. Easter. It had nothing to do with you, you. You heard very little about well, why right. are they having this feast? Right, and even even the word. And I'm pretty sure a lot of Christians have heard this word 
Shavuot or even Pentecost. Oh yes, oh yes, because they celebrate, they celebrate Pentecost every year when it comes around, and they and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. They get it right, right. But do. you know why they get it right? Because <laughs> Shavuot, Pentecost falls every year on the first day of the week. That's right. That's right. So they can't miss it. Right. It's so a parallel. get right. Right. And I'm going to put this in there because we talk about this off, <laughs> off camera a little bit. You know, when we look at holidays um, from a Christian standpoint, you do have to realize there are no holy days in Christianity at all. No. Zero holy days. Right. Because nowhere you might be prone to say, okay, December 25th is a holy day. Nowhere in that Bible do you read where it ever tells you to keep the 25th of December. No. Nowhere in that Bible does it ever tell you in the New Testament that Easter is a holy day it's that you holy, should keep. Right. Or Resurrection Sunday is right. a day that you, you keep. You keep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So all the days that the Most High, you, I'm going to rip, I'm always ripping pages out of your book for some odd reason. Well, I don't know why. Let's rip them out of the book. <laughs> a ball, you used to work for who? The state? Yeah. The California? Yeah. Okay. So, your supervisor tells you, and I'm sounding like you right now, <laughs> tells you it's time for a meeting. Yeah, I've used that one often. Oh, come on now, you can I've finish used, it because yeah, I started used, you there. Uh, you, it's time for a meeting and you decide it's not important enough to go. The Most High has established all of these appointed times. One of them, is, which is the Shabbat. One of them, which is in your 10 utterances, and it also shows up in the Ten Commandments later on in, in Shemot 34, Four. I believe. Yes. That you shall observe the Shabbat. Yes. Okay? Yes. So, there are appointed times that the Most High has called out specifically. Although, when you get across the street, none of them. You know what's interesting? <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking it. about. I mean, the Go most ahead. critical, the most critical mitzvah that the Most High gave to Moshe to tell Israel, and the first one that he opens up with is keeping his Sabbath holy. It's what sets you apart. Now I'm going to ask a question: mm -hmm. If Jesus Christ was so obedient to his Father, why did not he teach his disciples and all you Christians that the Sabbath was supposed to be kept and not Sunday? Sunday's not the Sabbath. And how did you get to the point, if Jesus Christ was such a good teacher, how did you get to the point, well, every day is to pick up holy. Yeah, that's that. They're going to come with that every how, single how, how time. How do you get there? If he was such a good teacher then why is it you do not know about keeping the Sabbath, which happens to fall on the seventh day of the, of the, of the week? That's correct. And you don't know about Passover or Pesach <laughs> that happens on the 14th of Nisan or 14 days after Aviv. Mm -hmm. And why don't you know about the other seven or six more deems or festivals that the Most High has called to be a holy convocation. Mm -hmm. And why do you have 
convocations that are outside the parameter of the father's convocations, like in August and July. Right. In right. Tennessee. Or in wherever it is that you have your national convocations of all these denominations, but your but but your teacher has supposed to have been an excellent teacher, but you don't know this stuff. That's right, that's right, and that's it's a sad thing. You know why you were speaking there? I'm going to take a little rabbit trail, a little quick. When you were speaking there, I realized something that while we were over there, it this diminutive attitude towards the things that the Most High has put in place in order for us to understand how to observe those. Because you mentioned something. On the 14th of Nisan, or 14th of Aviv, we're supposed to do Pesach. Yes. And in doing Pesach, we have to understand when the 14th day happens. And that is when that moon shows that sliver, that new moon. That's when you count from that. So I'm saying that to say that look how from a Christian standpoint, the moon means nothing to you other than just a light in the sky. The sun means nothing to you. It's just a light in the sky. But for Hebrews, that is a clock. And you base your timing on when your appointed times to meet with the Most High. The moon is very important and the sun is very important. And it just takes on this diminutive role when you get across the street. It means nothing. It's just... Oh, okay, well, it's out or it's full or it doesn't mean anything. Right, but right, to, right. But right, for right, us, it, right, it has. Right, right. So it's, it's this whole idea of trying to understand what we're getting back to what you're saying, which is the most if he was such a good teacher, then how come you don't know about it? And if Pesach was something that he, that was, he observed, how come you don't know what to do on it? Right. You have no clue right. as to when you're supposed to slaughter that lamb, when, how it's supposed to be eaten. Right. And then the days coming out out of that, the feasts of matzah, are right in there. And then the waving of the Omar and all that stuff, your, your, your seven weeks till you get to Shavuot, you don't know anything about that. Right, because right. Because he didn't teach that because the, the greatest commandment is to love the, the Most High, which I agree with. But the second Greatest command is to love your neighbor, neighbor as you as yourself? love yourself. We're, we're <laughs> there's so many. I think no, 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 and and I think I, you you miss it, you miss it, you miss it, you miss okay. it, you miss it, you miss it. You miss it. Get me on track. The greatest commandment that the Most High gave to Moshe to teach Israel is to obey these commandments and mitzvot that I've given to you. If you will obey, it's all the way through our scriptures, if you will obey. Right. Obey is the greatest commandment. Right. Right. Out of all of them, I don't care. Obey, <laughs> obey. Right. Is the greatest. We even do that with our own kids. If you just listen, if you just listen to what I'm telling you to do, we're, we're, we're going to talk about critical, the, the, the critical, the mitzvot that are critical to this evening. The most critical mitzvot is to obey. Obey. Yes. Obey. Mm-hmm. Obey. <laughs> obey what? And obey who? Let's get into it. You know, we're going to obey. We're going to obey man. Right. Or are we going to obey the Holy Spirit? 
mm-hmm. which is called the absolute all-existent one, mm-hmm. the omniscient one, mm-hmm. the mighty one, mm-hmm. who spoke to Mashe and told him that I have a name. Mm-hmm. We call him Yahweh. Correct. Some people call him Elo, uh, uh, um, uh, Yahuwah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's okay. He has a name. Yeah. And it's not God. So if my people who are called called by my my name. name. Now let's stop there, okay? Because who's speaking? The Most High speaking. Not JC. No. So it's not if you call on JC. No. Because the narrative is over in where? It's over in Torah. If my people call me by my my name. name. Which is imperative for us, which I'm glad you did the teaching on, to say we're going to get rid of this God thing and call the all-existent one, the beneficent, the most omniscient, everything, all the accolades you want to put on the most high, Yahweh. That's what his name is. Yahweh? Yahuwah, you can call him Yahuwah. Somebody said, well, they they call him Yahweh. Well, okay, we call him Yahweh. You might call him uh, uh, Yahuwah. Mm -hmm. You know, the point being is that he has a name that's distinguished above oh 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 above all of them <laughs> he has a name that's above every name that at the name of Yahweh Yahuwah Yah <laughs> every knee shall, shall bow Every and every tongue child is going to confess. confess. Right, you're not going to be bowing and confessing <laughs> to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you that right now. Right, because he puts his pants on the same way you do. That's right, and he bleeds real blood. That's right, and he died just like you going to die if somebody kills you. <laughs> <laughs> and the question comes: Can the absolute, all-existent one, one, the mighty one, the omniscient one, can he die? No. And the answer to that question is, heck no. No. I mean, if you read text, you'll understand that the Most High abhors death. He abhors death. He you does. have to be clean. You have to do all kinds of he stuff. He hates it. When you are not to touch a dead carcass, you're not to touch a grave, you're not to touch a lot of stuff. So he's distancing has, himself from has, that. Death has no value to him. <laughs> Okay, critical, 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 critical. Mis- folks. All right, here we go. Listen, we 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 started with this one. We we introduced with this one these last week, but I, I want to come back on because they're okay. important. In Proverbs chapter number twenty-eight and verse four, those who abandon Torah praise the wicked. Sure, right. But those who keep the Torah fight them. Hmm. So, is he saying that if you abandon Torah, you're wicked? And I'm just reading. I mean, this is script. Guess what? This is in your King James inspired. <laughs> Something, Bibles. yeah, Bible for because, loss of words. Yeah, because we don't we don't have a Bible. We have we have the Torah. Correct. We have the 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 the, uh, the uh, Tanakh, mm-hmm. which is the compilation of the Torah, mm-hmm. of the writings, 
and of the prophets. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to be, I, I, I want to be clear to you because when we talk about Torah, we're not talking about the culture. We're not talking about the history of Israel. We're talking specifically about the mitzvot, the commandments, the rulings, the laws, the statutes, and the tenets that the Most High has given to Israel as a nation. That's Torah. So within, within the five books that make up our history is the compilation of the governance that rules the nation of Hebrew Israel. Correct. That's what we're talking about. Absolutely. And he's saying to you, those who abandon that compilation of work are wicked. Right. Now, on the heels of that, we're just reading what's there. Yeah. It's in your it's in your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you have to come to a crossroads and say, yes, the emphatic word of the Most High is true. Now, when you start making concessions and compromising and disregarding it because it makes it uncomfortable for you because in this day and age culture says x and i'm going to do what culture says instead of what scripture says you're really making a really a distinction between what you will and will not believe it's more like the issue of the most high will conform to me and me not to him this is emphatic He's saying that you're wicked. I'm sorry. I didn't we're say just it. We're just reading it. We're just, we're just <laughs> reading. We're just reading. Proverbs 23 and 9 says, If a person will not listen to the Torah, even his prayer is an abomination. Now, let's deal with this word abomination. He only says his prayer is something that I hate. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Right. He's not saying, he's not saying that I'm not going to hear it. He's saying I don't like it. Right. So you can be praying. So, oh, he hears it. Well, yeah, he hears it, but he doesn't like it. Listen, you hear the words that come out of your child's mouth and you don't always like it. Right. That don't so mean the that words not that come out of either, your right. child's mouth are detestable and they're an abomination to you. You don't like it. Right. Right. And Johnny, I hate the way you talk. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't, like you said, it doesn't mean that they're not, li you're not listening. Right. I, I heard it, right. but I'm not. Right. Let's get, let's get a clear understanding about this whole issue of abomination and detestable. Mm -hmm. Because the Hebrew Bible uses scripture, uses the word abomination, while the Greek text, I mean the Hebrew, I mean the King James uses the word detestable, mm -hmm. and they have two different meanings. Agreed. Yeah. Now, 29 and 18 says, Without a prophetic vision, the people throw off all restraint, but he who keeps Torah is happy. So Ooh. now, so now, you know, <laughs> is he saying to me that the Torah has vision and that the Torah is prophetic? And if you throw that away, then you throw off all restraint and guess what? Come on, I want you all to think about where you are over there. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and you're and you're Christian and you're trying, see, first of all, let, let's let me go back and and clarify. Hebrews in exile is strictly devoted 
to Hebrews in exile. True. And people who are trying to find their way to truth. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard line to find your way to truth because finding your way to truth puts you in a situation where you might find yourself alone. We've talked about that in one of our, in one of the first podcasts that we did. Yep. But, but being alone mm -hmm. and being in the arena of the most high is better than being defined as wicked <laughs> and having your heavenly father tell you, I hate your prayers. Enough said right there. I mean, it's, it's not that I'm not listening. I just don't like them. Right, right, right. See, when when you, oh man, go ahead and finish that because I, I didn't get past the first three, no, four words of that. No, no, go ahead. I'm I mean, done. because it specifically states without, without? A, a prophetic vision. So, and the we got whoa, 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 whoa. The, the, I'm what let, is I, the no, prophetic? No, 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 I'm going to let you, I'm 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 you talk. <laughs> The prophetic vision is not the person that stands up and says, I'm a prophet. Right. That's exactly where I was getting ready to go. That's He's exactly where I was going. Let, 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 let me let me be. This is no. <laughs> Come on. Man. Let me be perfectly clear. The last prophet that the Most High spoke to, that we have viable texts to prove that he spoke to, that we have quantitative evidence that he spoke to, was Malachi. There are no, there are no called prophets mm -hmm. by the Most High after Malachi. Agreed. Now you may you may go around talking about well I'm a prophet and you may say some things that come to pass, but those things that you say that are going to come to pass are not quantitatively validated by Scripture. Right, and and I think there's there's a, a real good distinction that most the Most High makes in in text about when someone comes into your midst and if. What they say does come to pass. Oh, is that? Are you? Are you? Are you speaking from <laughs> Devarim chapter number thirteen? Right. So that particular person and a prophet are two different things, and it talks about what you're supposed to do with that person as well. So, oftentimes when we're getting to this and we get kind of animated and we got this charismatic thing going on, I often have to pull it back in my own hubris to say, okay, they're gonna say the word prophet because that is a totally different religion. Not to say that we have a religion because it's not, it's a no, lifestyle. No, no, it's a lifestyle, right. It's a religion right, that's right. established in Hebrews 7 that says this is what we stand on. So you can have all the prophets you want all day long, but let's make the distinction that they haven't been called, like you eloquently put, right. by the Most High. Right. They can be called by from whomever on your side of the street. They can be called by pastor whatever. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What, what you got? <laughs> the most high 
did not call the 12 apostles. He did not. He did not. He did not. He did not. And those 12 apostles needed to get, well, they weren't educated that much in Torah either. I mean, if we're talking about, if we're talking about a calling and if we're talking about, if we're talking about scripture and we're talking about the most high, the quantitative evidence can only be validated out of the mouth of the one who has created all things. Mm-hmm. You, you see all the time quantitative evidence. Every time we see somebody who is called even to do something, beats the L. I'm going to send, I want you to use him. Yahashua. Anybody that has been called has been ordained by the most high. By the most high. Yes. You can see it. Yes. So why are we following around a bunch of dudes that... Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) Let's let's, let's, let's move right along. There we go. Let's move right along. All righty. Critical misfaults. Shemot chapter 31, verse 7. We talked about this last week. The most, one of the most critical misfaults to Hebrew Israel is keeping the Sabbath and keeping it holy. And what we're trying to teach in this podcast is how to keep it holy and not to, not to profane it. Agree. Malachi tells us, he says, then you will know the difference between that which is clean and which is unclean. You'll know the difference between that which is holy and that which is not holy. Mm-hmm. The Most High defines holiness. And he defines holiness by this text right here written in Shemot chapter 31. He calls it set apart. Mm-hmm. The earlier part about it, the earlier part of this particular text, if you go back and read it, he says, you shall be set apart by the Sabbath. Set apart word, it means you shall be made holy mm-hmm. by the Sabbath. Everybody, oh, you, you bring stuff into your congregation and you say, oh, this is holy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you, have a, you have a dedication for the new organ that you just bought and put in the church. And you call it, oh, this is being dedicated. This is made holy. Oh, so you're telling us that it's been set apart for something. Right. So the Most High is telling us in Scripture that my Sabbath sets you apart and makes you holy unto me. Keep it. Exactly. Now, I'm going to say it again. Don't care. The Most High does not care what the nations do. He does not care what Rome and what Greece do. Right. Right. That's them. That's their thing. Let them do what they want to. But see, also here, I want to address something as well. Is that your seventh day is not Sunday. Okay. Every go look it up. Go Google it. Do whatever you got to do. The Sabbath is on Saturday. Okay? Let's be definitive about that. Now, just because your work week starts on a Monday and the seventh day winds up being Sunday doesn't change the fact that the Sabbath is still Saturday. Right. If you look in your, which we've said this before on other podcasts, if you look at your Gregorian calendar, look in your, on your phone, go to Office Max, go to Staples. When you get 
a calendar. The first day on the left-hand side is Sunday. You count seven days. Even they get it right. <laughs> the end of the week is Saturday. It's like that on every single calendar. And it's in your face. And you don't deal with it because the first day of the work week is Monday. So I count seven days from the day that I start working. And that's Sunday. To kind of justify saying, oh, Sunday is the Sabbath. It's not. And if you do some more research, you'll find that your buddy, your pal, your confidant, your cousin, you know who I'm talking about. The one over there in in Rome. Constantine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a hand in some of that, too. Yes. Changing that day. Yes, he did. So do your research. And figure it out for yourself. Oh, but you know what else? Let's do some further research. Let's dig into the Catholic canons. Sure. And you will find written in the Catholic canons in one of their sentinels. And there was a video out not long ago that a Catholic cardinal videoed and said these words. The Sabbath is on the seventh day of the week. It's on Saturday. He said out of his mouth, and it's written in their canon, we changed the Sabbath to Sunday, not by any order of the Holy Spirit. We did it because we could. That's written. That's written. That's that's written. They wrote that out. And you just go into the Catholic canons, start looking at Sabbath. You will find that they've said they changed. So now, <coughs> who's right? Are the Greeks and a Rome right? Or is the Most High who said, keep, you shall work six days, and on the seventh day, you shall rest and you shall keep my day holy. It's set apart to you. Who are you going to believe? That was the end of part one in our series about critical misvotes that are applicable to the modern day Hebrew. Stay tuned for next week's podcast when we conclude our discussion on the critical misvotes. See you soon.